and through the creative world, mind your own marketing business. Explore a variety of trends in the creative landscape, getting insider knowledge and advice from the industry's best. George is proud to present Mind Your Own Marketing Business with host Tim Parsons. Thanks for joining us on the Mind Your Own Marketing Business Podcast. I'm Tim Barsis, founder of Web and Mobile Development Team Fjorge, and today on our show, we will be talking with Brian Shetsky about his full-service digital marketing marketing team, Lamarck Media. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thanks for having me. I'm Appreciate could, it. I'm glad you could be here. Can you tell us a little bit about Lamarck Media? Sure. So Lamarck Media, as you said, is a full-service digital marketing company um, focused really on leveraging digital channels to create some tangible results. So um, our history is really much uh, around white label for other agencies, but we've uh, blossomed, especially over the last uh, three to four years, to become really a full-service marketing partner for a number of brands and and companies across uh, many different verticals and industry um, areas. So let's go back and learn a little bit about Brian. What is it, how did you get started, and how did you found Lamarck Media? Sure, so uh, I'll, I'll try to keep it uh, a little shorter than longer because the story could be could be long, <laughs> but um, really um, myself and entrepreneurism has been something uh, that's, that's always caught my eye since I was a kid, whether it was uh, gr- drawing greeting cards at the art fair or buying sports cards at the mall and reselling them uh, on eBay before you needed a credit card and an actual account for eBay. Um, through other entrepreneurial history in high school, I had a car stereo and car customization company. Um, in high school and then uh, went to college at University of Florida for finance. Um, Also got my real estate license when I was 18, so I did real estate and mortgages through college. Uh, Also bartended to try to get a little more of the people side. Um, But then uh, left college and started working at a database marketing company focused really um, around consumer profiling and, and, and modeling and really got introduced to marketing as a whole and how deep and how broad uh, marketing really is and no, notif- noticed a couple of major major opportunities and pain points. One, you know, this was uh, 10 years ago, probably 11 years ago conceptually when Lamarck was founded and we weren't digital and digital was a new up and coming kind of channel. There's obviously some advertisers digital at that time, but it really wasn't anywhere near what it was today. And, and my company, uh, although it was a very large agency, didn't really have any digital uh, in their future, or at least in that time and also saw how integrated marketing really should be going back to my finance roots in college and portfolio theory and looking at ways to leverage uh, a multi-channel strategy to kind of mitigate risk and you know support upside so that thought process of this portfolio style to digital really was what i wanted to achieve and after three years at a, another agency um decided to uh take a take a leap and, and start lamarck media so you worked at an agency and then started Lamarck? Yeah, I worked at a, a, a digital, I'm sorry, a direct marketing uh, agency focused on customer acquisition uh, sure. for three years. My last year there, I was uh, in a director role overseeing channel partnerships. And really our goal was to go out and find other marketing companies who could leverage our data insights. And that really exposed me to how large the marketing platform is and how many different channels there are and how consumers are engaging with media and how that was changing. And that really gave me uh, a fire to do something more comprehensive. And when my, my boss didn't see that path, I kind of decided it wasn't, it wasn't for me. So it sounds like digital marketing was really kind of the core of how this all got started. I'm curious, when, when you went to found Lamarck, what was it about digital marketing that told you this was it? 
it's just the trend. I mean, the usage of, of the internet has been up. I mean, we even in college and even in high school, there was the internet. And even before that, there was Prodigy and Netscape and all these other things. You kind of see the evolution of, of the web as, as we went um, and all the different activities that were going on. You know, Facebook, um, I've actually was a, um, I got my Facebook uh, birthday of 13 years about three months ago. So I've been on Facebook pretty much as long as Facebook's been out. And just seeing the trend of the usage and how people are consuming media and how digital was starting to become some so much more ingrained in every aspect of life e-commerce was starting to blossom you know things were starting to happen you know 10 years ago where you could see that path and you know i said to my boss i said this is like a dinosaur in a land of jets man they're flying by and we're sitting here on the ground looking at the looking at the the gap so it just to me it was it was evident you know it was starting to build and you know i, I knew that at least i felt that that would be the future Sure. Um, so a lot of agencies, when they talk full service, they mean specifically something more than digital, something more mm -hmm. than TV, something more mm -hmm. than uh, radio. I, I'm I'm curious, what what is involved in being a full service digital team? Sure. And we do traditional as well, although okay. it's not our, our bread and butter. I mean, we have really good rates on how we buy traditional. We have some great partnerships with very large traditional agencies who outsource digital to us and even some of the publishers and networks direct we do business with. So we actually do some traditional radio, TV, print, direct mail. Um, so we have that in our arsenal. It's just not really what makes us super unique um, because digital is such a larger landscape. So when you say full service digital, from our perspective, that's really everything from idea to execution. So from creative to web to organic content creation, search optimization, paid media, whether it's search, social, display, email, etc. Um, full service for us is being able to take a concept create that concept of something tangible and then put it out into the world. It used to be, we used to say idea to shelf. Now it might be more of idea to mailbox, but really just, um, you know, taking a concept and, and, and bringing it to life. Um, you mentioned transitioning from primarily white label work to, um, to working with direct clients. I'm, I'm just curious how that transition went for you. Um, that's a great question. And it's still something that we have, you know, somewhat of a, a, a dichotomy here. We have both our agency partners who we service in a number of different areas from complementary services to overflow work to giving non-digital agencies the ability to have a digital arm or digital agencies more depth in areas that they you know are not necessarily an expert in and that's something that we've pride ourselves on having those best-in-class deliverable units here within our company that agencies can then turn to as a, as a resource. Um, but transitioning onto the direct side has been interesting because obviously there could be some inherent channel conflict. First thing we had to do was add a lot of agency functionality that we never really had as a production suite, um, account services, project managers, creative, creative director, um, content generation, things like that, that other agencies generally would handle. Um, and then the side side part of that is making sure that we work with direct clients who don't inhibit our, our agency partners. So kind of living in different worlds and most of our agencies are either complementary businesses, um, very large agencies who are kind of fishing in different ponds or uh, agencies or media publishers who have a lot of small or local business who are able to go out and get smaller opportunities and kind of sum them up to the, to the total of the whole where those relationships aren't really in our wheelhouse either. So we've been able to kind of live in the middle um, but really our focus is on, on being uh, complementary to our, our agency partners instead of necessarily going right after the same clients and working with them as a partner versus an adversary. Totally. So um, when, 
was there a point in time when you decided to make that transition? Yeah, it kind of just happened naturally. You know, we were happy being an agency partner and being a, a production-focused company. I mean, end of the day, we live by results. We're in a service-type world. You're only as good as you serve, and as long as we can continue to generate tangible, measurable wins, then we always, you know, have opportunities to grow. So that part of it was good, and the agencies keep us extremely efficient and effective. We have to get things done at lower cost and, and shorter timelines that can then be pushed forward. Um, so that's been kind of a, an interesting part of our DNA. Um, about five years into the business, we're now nine and a half years old, um, started looking at the, the model and saying, wow, you know, this portfolio theory concept is starting to compile. And now we have really strong competencies in email and social and search. Um, in these other areas, we're able to add those into the mix. And if we add the front end of the agency, we could actually go direct to clients. So it kind of just was an ethos. It kind of just happens um, where we started building these core competency practices in silo and then looked at it and said, wow, we have this inventory. Now we have to tie it together. Now we have to synergize our communication, our strategy. Now we have to bring a front end on and allow that group to go out and talk to clients direct and give them the quality of service they deserve. And it kind of just was an evolution. It necessarily wasn't uh, you know, a, a specific plan, although that was part of the idea of starting Lamarck in the first place was work for agencies, get really good, learn, um, and then one day we can be a player in the direct space as well. What was the biggest challenge you faced as you made that transition? Um, you know, I think just getting the culture internally to understand the change. You know, before when we were strictly agency, it was really built around uh, results, performance, efficiency. When you go direct to client, you start getting... Um, a lot more of, of intangible components to your performance. With performance marketing and production, it's very easy to measure. We get paid X, we deliver Y, we have KPIs and, and minimum, you know, uh, you know, minimum uh, levels of return we have to hit or certain types of, of conversion or delivery on email or whatever it may be. When you go direct, now you have a whole other side of the world, which is a lot more human capital re you know, resource management, where we have to be a good partner, we have to be proactive, reporting has to be more robust, conference calls have to be met, meetings have to be done, strategy sessions, a lot of things that aren't part of production, but really part of relationship. And since we were always really relationship-driven with our agency partners and really looking to be an extension of them, that DNA carried through. But I think it was an adjustment in how much time the direct clients need and how many different pieces of, of strategy and, and relationship have to be managed on top of just getting results and performance where the agencies would handle the relationship. Did you find you had to rework a, a significant portion of your process? Yeah, we, we definitely did. Um, again, the DNA was there. You know, we've always gone deep for our clients. We've always looked at our clients as if they're family. And that's, you know, a big part of, of why we've been able to grow and maintain our partnerships and why we've been able to, to have kind of this dual business model. Um, because we're here just to get wins. We really care about our clients. We really care about their results. And at the end of the day, you know, the win is what we care about. So for us, the DNA and the, the, the mentality and, and the, the, the honest and, and the forward thinking was there, but adding steps to the process to keep clients, you know, on timeline and manage clients better and move them through that process was a, definitely a change because the agencies did a very good job of dropping those deliverables and saying, here's what I need and when, where clients need to be kind of coached and, and worked with to ensure that that, you know, fluidity exists. What is it that uh, Lamarck Media does really well? Um, I, I think we get it. I mean, I think that net net is I think we just understand business discussions. We look at things very different than most agencies. And I, that may be part of my, my finance background pushing through. But we're, we're here to accelerate business. I mean, we're here to accelerate growth. 
you know, that's what it's about for us. So we're results first. So I think looking at digital and being able to decipher how we mix media, you know, looking at things like we have a tremendous email platform and we have a social competency and search and all these other areas, how do they work together to create that common goal? Um, and having the ability to be somewhat agnostic to tactic because we have all these different production channels, but they're all synergized from response and return perspective. Um, we're able to kind of go through and move things around the system very much like that portfolio theory, theory concept of where we started. So I think what we do well is we just understand our clients' goals and we have a lot of resources and we can figure it out. Um, from a practicing standpoint or from a skill set standpoint, that's a different question. But I think the overarching thing that's driving our growth is that, you know, our passion, our dedication and our resources allow us to be very strategic for our clients. What do you do to create the culture that allows you to scale something like getting it or caring or understanding clients' goals? I think it's just a, an open, you know, transparency business where we have a great relationship with, with our employees and our, and our clients. And, you know, it's really a family component. So the first thing we do, we bring a new client on, is we do an immersion meeting. So we either go in person or via phone. We generally love to do them in person um, to our clients or they come down for us. And we just immerse each other in each, in each other's businesses. And we really want to be an extension. So we don't want to be looked at as we're the agency you're hiring us. It's much more of we're your marketing department and we're partners. So that mentality is kind of something we breathe every day. And our clients demand it. It's part of what's made us successful. And I think our employees, you know, understand that from day one. Even when we interview, we explain to them that we go above and beyond much more than what our contracts say. Because at the end of the day, our clients are depending on us to win. And we're depending on our clients to keep growing. So I think it's that mutual relationship that we look at it. And I think it's the culture piece where we really care about our clients. We understand, you know, the risk they're taking in business and the trust they're putting in us as, a, in a, as an agency or as a partner. And we have to fulfill that. It's it just we don't have another choice. What are some common myths uh, about work in your field? Um, myths in general, I think, is that, you know, everyone, you know, a lot of clients we talk to who aren't digital uh, first or just starting to get into digital, they think it's easy. Like, oh, everyone's online, everyone's shopping, Amazon's huge, look at the market cap, look at the revenue, you know, that it's just plug and play. And the truth is it's getting harder. Um, in the end of the day, more people are moving to digital, which means that, you know, demand's going up and the supply is starting to catch up to it. So people are, you know, consumers are shifting to digital for for purchasing, but so are the advertisers and so are the brands. So it's getting harder, you know, three, four, five years ago, Google AdWords was a whole other planet. Now we have a whole team of people who literally do this all day, and that's all they do. Um, inboxing email was different. You know, SEO was different. The algorithm keeps changing. So I think the market continues to become tougher, and a lot of clients who aren't digital expect just dramatic response because everyone's talking about how Amazon's taking over as a top retailer and all these things. So I think there's a, the biggest myth is that you know it's digital, it's fish in a bucket. It's actually getting harder every day, and we're investing more and more in our platform for really talented, smart people to figure out how to keep beating these, these trend curves. What do you do to inform your clients of that issue or get them to understand that? I think it's expectation setting. I, you know, I think that's that's one. You know, that's the first how you start these relationships. Um, you know, often determines how they can end, and, and setting the stage and explaining what it's like. But if you think about it, you know, going back to that same question as it ties to this, you know marketing is becoming a lot more multi-path multi-screen people are consuming information on 
numbers of screens on an ongoing basis. You have your phone, your tablet, your computer, your TV, your uh, your office. You know, there's all these different places that you're getting information. Um, that's becoming harder to really map that journey, and being cohesive is, is super important. So we walk through that journey map and that path with our clients up front. We explain to them how you know they see an ad on social, then they get moved to search. Now they're on display, then they get an email, and how that path works. I think that's a, a big part of of being successful with non-experienced uh, brands that are going digital. Um, and I and I think the the life cycle is changing because there's so much information available online that with one click of a button and one Google search, you can learn anything you want about a product. So research has become such a huge part of purchasing now that if you're running, you know, a very kind of rudimentary digital marketing strategy, it's probably just not going to work. Sure. Um, do you think that uh, there's more opportunity in digital for big brands or small brands? It's a good question. I mean, there's kind of an opportunity for both, right? Because big brands have the equity in the name. People understand them. People may also have conceptions, you know, of what those brands are and and whether they're a misconception or the reality is another discussion. But I think big brands have a different share of of trouble because consumers digitally want to connect to brands, especially millennials and, and the new age shopper. They want to have a connection to the brands. They want to have a lifestyle relevance to the brand. Um, and they want to have a relationship with the brand. So in the end of the day, I think some of the bigger brands are being kind of overlooked for smaller, more boutique and, and um, specialized brands where consumers feel connected, whether there's a good cause or whether that brand has something unique or fresh or different. Um, but at the end of the day, there's brand equity in a, in a larger brand's name. So I think the strategies are different, but I think there's room for both. Got it. Uh, if there was one piece of advice that you could give people about how to get started in digital, what would it be? I think the first step is to understand your customer. You know, going back to my roots in consumer profiling and database build is really, you know, who's the customer? What are you trying to solve? What's your unique value proposition or what makes your brand, you know, interesting to someone who's never heard of you? And I think understanding the value of your brand and who that customer profile is, that persona is step one. And then understanding how those people consume media. So if your product is focused on, you know, young parents for early childhood products, where do these people live? Where are they engaging? Is it on social? Is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? You know, are they on search on Google looking for tips for their new children? You know, where are they living? How are they engaging? And then using that logic to kind of differentiate how that initial strategy will go. Um, and then also have some patience. You know, I think that brands expect to go digital and click overnight, you know, snap of a finger. It's, it's a, it's a multi-million dollar business. It's just not that way. Um, it takes time and you've got to put the work in and get people to believe in you. But digital gives you the access to millions of millions of people with a, you know, with, with a mouse. So it's uh, a lot, uh, a lot of opportunity and it gives you a great platform to scale, but you have to really understand your customer, know that they have a lot of choices, demonstrate why you're better and then put the time in and have the resolve to get there. Totally. Um, so let's move on to a couple news stories. Our first story today from Forbes is 12 tips to help get your agency past the million dollar mark. I'm curious, Brian, uh, was there a tip that stuck out to you or was very effective in your journey? Well, I like this article because I'm the first tip, um, <laughs> but uh, it's actually a good article in general outside of me, all, all kidding aside. Um, I like that they have, you know, the, For- the Forbes, Forbes Councils and Forbes does a great job at kind of spotlighting different people in different areas and stages of, of, of careers. And, you know, I think, you know, 
everyone has a different approach. If you read through the 12 tips, they're all quite different. Um, some are about, you know, being dedicated to testing. Some are about, you know, having, um, you know, timelines and, and providing value and being consistent, you know, and, and my tip was really, again, kind of going back to some of the things we're talking about today is, is about showing dedication and care and treating your customers, you know, not transactionally because, marketing is not a transaction it's a relationship and all these channels digitally are only proving that point so um why my my quote in this article for forbes was really about um thinking like an owner of a business and you know i am an owner of the business so it makes it easier for me but even if i wasn't what would that owner want at the end of the day if they're paying us for a service what are they looking to achieve right so you could be interested in making revenue as an agency and that's pretty transparent. That'll come out. But if your interest in really building that brand and being a partner for that client, that may not always align with revenue from day one. So we're always looking at longevity. Where are we going to be with this client 12, 24, 36 months from now? And if that means some things have to change today in the beginning to achieve that long-term partnership, that's a, that's a risk we're willing to take. Um, and treating our clients like partners and, and looking at them as family members. And what would you want to do if this was your money and the shoes are reversed? How would you want your agency to handle this relationship? How would you like them to treat you? What kind of transparency would you look for? And I think that's the first piece because if you can connect with people on a human level and just let them know that you care, you're already in a better place where a lot of agencies are super transactional and they're thinking about fees. Think about results and the fees will come was really kind of what my quote was about. But I like totally. what I like about the article is there's a lot of different angles. People took it from all different directions and you get a nice a nice mix in the twelve quotes. You probably have, you know, five or six different ideas that are, you know, unique in this article. Right. Um, our second story today, uh, can blockchain solve advertising supply chain transparency issues comes out of Adweek. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious, Brian, if you can give us a summary. Yeah, so blockchain is pretty exciting. I mean, there's a lot of hype around blockchain with all the cryptocurrency and these ICOs, um, which in my opinion is kind of not really the goal or, or the end-all be-all of this blockchain. I think blockchain's here to stay. I, I think, you know, the ability to um, have transparency and security in a number of different applications, including digital marketing, through this technology where you can reduce middlemen and you can kind of get out of this managed service and be able to go right into the source. I think this blockchain technology is, is going to be impactful across a number of categories and industry verticals, if not almost all of them. So I like blockchain in general. I think a lot of the, the Bitcoin and all these uh, you know cryptocurrencies are kind of a byproduct of the blockchain technology and their ways to trade on, on, on those momentum movements and things like that. But what I like about uh, blockchain is, is for, for digital is right now you're using a lot of different networks like Google and, and, and platforms that have credibility because you can't trust the inventory and there's a lot of ad fraud issues. So blockchain you know, potentially gives a solve for that by allowing us to have you know, more transparency and more security in these ad buys. It also allows you to remove middlemen, you know, which are kind of brokering these uh, inventory units for different websites like a Google DoubleClick network or someone like that who's managing the transaction to give it that transparency and to give it that um, credibility and trust, but you're paying for it. So I think blockchain can help transparency. I think it definitely can help reduce a lot of middleman issues that are existing um, and potentially allows us to go direct to the, the website or to the, the area of opportunity and work directly with them with a very safe and uh, secure transaction. So I, I don't think it's there, but I, th I think there's a lot of opportunity. Let's say someone is able to su su 
to solve supply chain transparency issues with blockchain? How does mm -hmm. that impact the market? Well, I mean, you can look at it a couple ways, right? There's going to be a lot of people who are in between that are potentially losing revenue. But at the end of the day, if you can reduce uh, expenses and, you know, quote unquote, waste uh, in exchange for security. So if you can still have the security without all these these overlays, um, I think there's a lot of money that's going to come back on the table for advertisers. And some of these channels are at the point where the return on investment just isn't there. And a lot of it has to do with all the markup that's being carried through each platform. So if we're able to remove a lot of middleman and still have the trust, um, I think you could get a better result on a less spend, which should translate into better return, which should then fuel more spending. So I think, you know, advertisers may make less, but get more volume. And I think agencies need to be more transparent, but you know, from our perspective, that's okay. Um, as long as you're providing value, clients should be willing to pay a fee in exchange for that work. And if that work's bringing, you know, more value than it's costing, then you should continue to have a job. So I think net-net, blockchain could help reduce a lot of the overhead costs and a lot of the pass-through costs that are kind of tacking on and potentially making a lot of these digital platforms non-profitable and potentially make them profitable again. Totally. Uh, and we're out of time, so that's it for today on Mind Your Own Marketing Business Podcast. Thanks for being on the show today, Brian. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it and hope to be back here soon. You bet. Uh, you can reach Lamarck Media on social at, at Lamarck Media or by email at info at lamarckmedia.com. Um, and thank you to our listeners for joining us on Fjordcast. You can download episodes of the program by going to fjordsdigital.com slash mindyourownmarketingbusiness or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio.